Chapter 1. Does Evil Exist? Hi, I'm T. Park, world's leading expert on evil, and this podcast is based on my book, A Primer on Evil. Primer is what you put on the walls. A primer is a slender book explaining the basics of a given subject. You can find my book on Amazon.com. How can I call myself the expert on human evil? Who is going to argue with me? See, evil is the ultimate elephant in the room. Everyone knows it exists. Heck, even little kids know it exists. But no one wants to acknowledge it. Big hint, folks. You can't study something until you acknowledge it. And even then, you have to dedicate years to studying it. I'm going to cut through all that. I acknowledged evil years ago, and I've spent decades studying it. When suddenly I realized... I'm up to bat. It's me. Out of 7 billion people in the world, I am the world's foremost authority on evil. Pretty cool, huh? And it's all free. Take all the concepts I present here, think about them, then keep what you know to be true and discard the rest. There is no pop quiz. There is no exam. This is for your enlightenment. Do what you want with the information. Fortunately for you, I am not a windbag. I am obsessed with boiling things down to their essence. Albert Einstein is one of my heroes, and even though his proof for the theory of relativity probably involved pages and pages of mathematical theorems, his final equation was so simple a high schooler could understand it. This is how mass becomes energy. Even though every single person in the world knew that when they threw a log on the fire and warmed themselves with it, He's the one who said, hmm, maybe I can simplify our understanding of this. All right, getting down to it, it's important to note that this podcast has nothing to do with religion, and I am not going to discuss the great evil masterminds of history except as an occasional point of reference. This podcast is only about the everyday evil around you, and the single most important point I can drive home is that evil is knowable, predictable, and preventable. That is to say, if evil is knowable, it is predictable. If it is predictable, it is preventable. You can, first and foremost, prevent it from affecting your life. However, if you take that equation to its logical beginning point, we can all work together to lower the rate of murder and suicides. I will get to that in a later podcast. The other important point to note is that I am not going to waste any time trying to convince you of my viewpoint. This podcast is for people who already know that evil exists and they want to define it, spot it, and avoid it. You came to the right place. It's a busy world and my superpower is brevity and clarity. I'll hit all the important touchstones of evil and if they resonate with you, all the better. However, I may startle you yet when I talk about things like the source of all evil. Maybe you're ready to hear it, maybe not. I really don't care. My job is to put it out there. Okay, if I'm going to discuss evil, it is incumbent upon me to define it. Before I do, I must quote a blogger named J.E. Brown. He or she wrote, Why isn't there a single agreed-upon definition of evil? Because all people, evil or not, have a vested interest in defining evil so that it doesn't include the definer. I love that. I have no problem defining evil, so here it is. The essence of evil is the deep-seated need to trap, 
and control others. Think about it. This definition fits and encompasses the great evil figures of history, you know who they are, all the way down to your parents or in-laws who insist that you visit them at their home just so they can trap you and treat you badly. And of course, it encompasses men who beat their wives and girlfriends. That's because all evil is all the same, but it comes in different degrees. A pygmy elephant looks different than an African elephant, but it's still recognizably an elephant. That means that Ariel Castro, the Cleveland man who kidnapped three girls and trapped them in his house and raped them for 10 years, is as equally evil as Hitler, who trapped and killed 10 million people. Same thing, different scale. When I do make a reference point about evil, I might occasionally refer to Hitler as the patron saint of evil, not because he's the most evil person in history. In point of fact, Stalin murdered about twice as many people. But because he is easily understood by most everybody. And, after referencing him, I will dial my point back down to the evil person in your life who is vexing you. Spoiler alert, I will not only help you identify the person as evil, I will tell you how to deal with them right here, right now, in the first podcast. Get rid of them. Cut them out of your life. They are not fixable, they are not manageable, and they never get any better. While you're absorbing that sad little fact, I will address why everyone else is either avoiding the subject or deliberately mangling their understanding of it. Specifically, I'm speaking of the fields of religion and psychiatry. Religion avoids the subject of human evil. Surprising, I know. Religion, a field which could legitimately claim an understanding of evil, doesn't. I am not an expert on religions. But as near as I can determine, even those religions which have a punitive afterlife, not all of them do, punish sinners, not evil people. And therein lies the problem. To give one example, several religions punish women, not men, interestingly enough, for adultery. Adultery doesn't fit my definition of evil. That is to say, no attempt is made by the adulterer to trap and control another. Quite the contrary. Both people enter into it and have a pretty good time. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep doing it. Sins, therefore, are punishable in the afterlife, and sins are uniquely defined by each religion with little or no overlap with evil. Religion, in my opinion, has consistently, down through the centuries, mangled its definition of evil. So, that's a dead end. Well, you say, don't give me that old-time religion. What about psychiatry? They deal with aberrations of human behavior, right? Well, the problem is, when all you have is a hammer in your tool chest, every problem begins to look like a nail. If it doesn't look like a nail, act like a nail, or feel like a nail, ignore it. Maybe it doesn't exist. Once more, I am not an expert in the field of psychopathy, but it seems to me the specialists define every mental disorder as arising out of either an organic origin, i.e. schizophrenia, stroke, brain tumor, dementia, or as being personality disordered, i.e. sociopathy. Even narcissism was dropped from the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the handbook of the mental health community. The field of psychiatry has also, in my opinion, let you down. They deliberately, out of fear of seeming unprofessional, I presume, avoid any understanding of human evil. They define deviant behavior, 
deviating from the norm, as either someone who is mentally ill or personality disorder. They make no effort to define evil, so I interpret that as deliberately avoiding the subject, perhaps because they can't treat it. Well, I can't treat it either, but that doesn't mean I pretend it doesn't exist. So let me explain my position that says, after defining a person as evil, you get away from them. All right. 300 years ago, doctors couldn't treat leprosy, so their prescription was simple. Avoid anybody who has it. Can't treat the plague? Avoid anybody who has it. Listen to me. That wasn't cruel. It was self-preservation. We have lost the art of protecting ourselves from those who mean us harm because we are conflating it with avoiding the poor lepers and plague-afflicted peoples who never meant to do us harm. They simply had a disease. But evil people don't have a disease. They are not afflicted against their will, and they can become, quote-unquote, not evil anytime they choose because evil is a choice. That concludes podcast chapter one, Does Evil Exist? Yes, it's everywhere. Thank you for listening.